Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Proverbs, and this is Proverbs 
uh, chapter 21, Proverbs chapter 21. Uh, we're going to briefly review the history uh, or uh, David's relationship with King Saul. We're going to uh, need to briefly review that. Uh, Saul uh, had a son who was heir to the throne. His name was Jonathan. And Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. So Saul is Mephibosheth's grandfather. And Saul was the, the, uh, the king of the first uh, dynasty uh, in Israel. And so is, therefore it is important that we do some review so that we can provide a setting for what our discussion is going to be uh, this morning. Now keep in mind that uh, in Hebrew thinking, uh, it is what one does that reveals character. God weighs both our intentions and our actions. So we have to keep that in mind as well. So the, the conflict between Saul and David is the conflict or the contest between the spirit, that is David, and the flesh, Saul. So we have this ancient clinical study about uh, the results of the flesh or the workings of the flesh and uh, what grace does, that is the fruit of the spirit. We will see the end results of the flesh in the life of Saul and we will see, we're going to see uh, the results of the grace, uh, the grace-filled life uh, in the actions of David. So, uh, please keep that in mind. Now, Proverbs 21, uh, I'm going to start with verse 23. Quote, he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Verse 24, the proud and arrogant man, mocker is his name. He behaves with overweening pride. And this, uh, this is very important for us to understand with regard uh, to uh, the flesh. Flesh <clears throat> is governed by Pride, the prideful man, the prideful person, and uh, so the the Bible war, warns us about uh, the way of pride. So please keep this in mind when we uh, go to our study uh, this morning. So, well, let me read. Uh, this is Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Quote. Pride faces destruction. And so I'm just giving some of the Hebrew. Pride faces destruction. A haunting spirit uh, faces a fall or stumbling. So uh, it's 
so the word of so pride goes before destruction. That is, the word in Hebrew means breaking or fracture, uh, crushing, shattering, ruin. <clears throat> and so the Hebrew words uh, bespeak a particular destiny for uh, one's uh, actions. Understand that choices create an attitude. And an attitude, particular attitude or, or way of being, determines destiny. So we must be careful about our thoughts and the choices we make because they lead to a particular attitude. And an attitude bespeaks destiny. We will see these realities once again in both the lives of Saul and David. And how David, uh, how David's life is going to be wonderfully blessed by Yahweh. Uh, because of uh, the, uh, the attitude of his heart. So, now back to uh, Proverbs uh, 21, uh, verse 26. All day long, the, well, verse 25, quote, the sluggard's cravings will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. All day long he craves for more, but the righteous give without sparing. So again, I want to bespeak or bring out the contrast or the contest between the flesh and the spirit, between Saul and David. 27, verse 27, the sacrifice of the wicked is detestable. We're going to see that in the life of Saul after he had harshly disobeyed Yahweh, uh, partial disobedience is complete obedience. But uh, Saul, after he disobeyed Yahweh, went off and he built an idol uh, unto himself. This is the flesh. Flesh is always about the idolatry of the self. So the sacrifice of the wicked is detestable. How much more so when brought with evil intent? The thing about prideful individuals is that uh, they deliberately overlook or they are deliberately unaware, and I, I'm using these words uh, with great precision. They, are, they deliberately do not acknowledge that they are culpable for their prideful thoughts, their prideful choices. Their prideful intentions. And because they live in this manner, then the results or the, the fruit of what of their pridefulness will be what? Ruin, destruction, shattering, brokenness. This is the teaching of the Word of God. Verse 28. A false witness will perish. 
Saul attempted to kill David, that is to pin him to the wall with a spear, because he because he could not bear uh, that David was rising in popularity, and he was descending because what? But he chose to make David his enemy. And so you see, uh, this is a, a classic case of an individual uh, who, who looks at uh, a person whom God is blessing and he says, well, you're the cause, you're the reason why I am not having the success in my life that I should have. You're in the way. You're blocking me out of the light. So I'm descending and you're rising. And you see the, the nature of false thinking? And you see uh, prideful thinking is never based in reality because it never looks at the psychopathology that uh, uh, is inherent in that particular type of aberrational uh, or uh, irrational reasoning. Newer. It's always external. There's always another. It is never what's going on within the heart. But their hearts, when they speak, reveal what uh, is going on within. Most people do not realize that we are electrical beings. In essence, we are electrical beings. And uh, our words, as electrical beings, we generate energy. Our words are energy. And when we speak, our words have a certain energy. That energy can be either positive or benign or benign or negative. And the negative energy, uh, the Bible warns us about uh, the, the power of words because words have energy. Okay? And so we need to understand that. Uh, and so a false witness will perish. Why? Because a false, well, literally every a lying, a lying witness, a lying witness, you're going to lie, you're going to swear to, because there's an oath involved uh, in bearing witness. There is an oath. And so the false witness takes an oath against his own life. But because of the irrationality of thinking, the person does not realize what he or she has done, what you have set in motion. They do not realize what they have unleashed upon themselves and others. And once again, there's a word in the book of Leviticus that talks about a disease that dissolves uh, the person. And so I've seen people dissolve, waste away uh, through 
their choices, which creates attitudes, which culminate in uh, certain ends. Waste away a false witness. In the the, uh, Ten Commandments, we read, Thou shalt not bear false witness, false testimony. Swear before uh, a, a panel of judges that, you know, uh, to what one has seen, I bear witness or I bore witness to this event or these series of events. I mean, that's incredible. But the false witness does uh, not acknowledge that he or she is culpable for bearing false testimony. A false witness will die, and whosoever listens to him will be destroyed forever. See, here is the power, here is the power of the word. Because you believe the lie. Now, just think about today. Think about uh mainstream media and its deliberate reporting bias. What their manipulation and massaging of information facts, what this does to the well-being of persons. What this does to the lives of particular of a particular group. These are individuals who create racial strife, racial disharmony. These are the people who create divisions. And one of the uh, names for the devil or titles, adjective, devil or diabolos is one who divides. So I want you to get the connection between the devil, the one who divides, and media. And Paul tells believers to test everything. What is our yardstick? How do we, as believers, not be confused, not get turned around, not incur defeat, or become crestfallen and say, you know, I I give up, I surrender. I don't know who or what to believe. Jesus said to us, the community, I am the road, I am the truth, I am the life. You follow Jesus, you will not be fooled. Keep your eyes straight ahead on the Lord. If you look around, if you listen to people instead of the word, you are going to experience self-estrangement. And what do I mean by that? I mean that you're not going to have a relationship with yourself and others because you are self-estranged because these people 
have deliberately engineered a a a culture of what a culture that dissolves uh, one's relationship with oneself and with others that deliberately writes material uh, that in which they they uh, propagate lies. Their good news is not good news. It is lying news to confuse, to bewilder, to have you <clears throat> depressed. These people engineer depression. They engineer clinical depression. They create the situations they want, and then they provide their medications to manage symptoms. So you're in this, uh, what some call a matrix, but it is the cosmic system. They create, they harass uh, your body and our bodies through, through food terrorism, through poisoning the air, poisoning the soil, through uh, what they do to the food, through what they do through uh, their technologies. Where are you going to go? Our hope is God, period. Whoever listens to him will be destroyed forever. A wicked man puts up a bold front, but an upright man gives thought to his way. Just watch, watch these people in media. Watch, uh, I'm going to show, when we study Saul and what he did and how he lived and how he acted on his throne, uh, he would hold a spear to denote that he was the king. And he would say, I am the king. And his actions were always about promoting himself and letting others know that he was in authority. Now, he was not God's chosen one, but he, he was chosen by the people. Uh, and they had added the sin of wanting Saul as king to their list of sins against Yahweh. God gave people what? He gave the people what they wanted. So they could see what they had with him, and now God put up this Saul ruler over them so they could see that all he would do was take away. Well, he was head and shoulders uh, above them. He was tall. He was handsome. Uh, he was the media darling. And so this, this was his credential. So here he was, the spiritual Trojan horse. We want a king like the other uh, city-states around us. God said, okay, you can have your king. But his heart was not after God's own heart. God allowed this king, uh, this king so focused on destroying David that the kingdom was falling into ruin around him. You see the flesh? And so he wanted to destroy David. And uh, ultimately, 
the king destroy himself. This is the end of the works of the flesh. So, a wicked man puts up a bold front, but an upright man gives thought thought to his weight. Verse 30, there is no wisdom, no insight. Uh, that literally reads skillfulness. There is no wisdom, no skillfulness, skillfulness, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. So Saul left off, or he walked out and away from the will of God. He went off and build, uh, built a, a monument to himself, which shows you where his heart was. He did not love God. And so uh, that created what? Uh, that created uh, Saul engineered his own downfall. So here, another, another thing that uh, prideful people do not understand, uh, the, the nature of self-victimization. They do not understand self-victimization and uh, how they set out. They set up their own ruin. The Bible warns us uh, about uh, engineering one's own uh, destruction. So uh, this is James chapter 1. James chapter 1, uh, verse uh, 13, reads, quote, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God or by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. See, the devil uh, did not recognize or understand, uh, you know, the devil, when he, with the temptation of Lord Jesus Christ, uh, uh, Jesus quoted in the temptation from the book of Deuteronomy, which is the book of love and obedience. If one loves God, one will obey God. Uh, to say that one loves God and is disobedient to God is not biblical. To say that one loves God but hates his or her brother because of skin color? That is not love for God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. Verse 14. But every man is tempted, and the word tempted here uh, with regard to God means solicitation to evil. God does not solicit anyone to evil. But every man is tempted. Every man is tempted. Notice the state of being verb. Every man. Now, here it is men or women. Anthropos. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. And in type, he is drawn away of his own lust. So 
or, or his own desires and entice. Then, verse 15, when lust, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. I want you to see the progression here. And the progression here is a spiral downward. Okay? It may be longitudinal, but it is also uh, a spiral downward. Okay. But then when lust has conceived, now notice, lust, lust uh, impregnates, it brings uh, uh, forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, this is really frightening, or when it is full grown, when sin is full grown. Saul's sin uh, began under the ministry of Samuel. Samuel was heartbroken at the decisions that Saul had made. And there was a point when after speaking with Saul, Samuel saw him no more. It was a heartbreaking affair for Samuel. But Samuel in its sense, that is when it is full grown, your sin may start off uh, as we read in the book of Leviticus as something that is deeper than the skin. Well, it's not there. I don't see it. I wasn't caught. No one's aware. Only I know. Now you see where your mind goes. And what kind of thinking, the crafty thinking behind that, it is prideful thinking. Sinful, prideful thinking. And the individual is so self-deceived that he or she actually believes that this farce, this play, this mask of sanity that they wear, uh, no one uh, sees it. Now, this is their, their projection. No one sees that I'm wearing a mask. And... You know, people who are perceptive, who have lived a long time, who are skilled, who, uh, who they don't believe that these people exist because they are so convinced the mask works that uh, they, can, they do not hear their own language, their own words. They do not hear what they're saying and what they're communicating because they don't know anything about communication other than their subjective understanding thereof, period. Because their actions tell the story of where they are. Spiritually mature people are relaxed, they're compassionate, they're loving, they're giving. And you see this in the life of David after he had become king over all of Israel. We read this. And God wanted to do that through Saul. But Saul rejected what God wanted to do for him. 
Saul's plan culminated in his own death and in the death of his son, son Jonathan, that is beloved. It was Jonathan who helped David when David was in exile from the kingdom. But God used the mad king Saul uh, to exile David. God needed David in the wilderness. God needed David in the strongholds. God needed David uh, to take his parents and hide them with the enemy for a while. God needed David on the run in the wilderness. God needed David to assemble uh, his mighty men who would be his core group. God needed David to suffer. God needed David to say, hey, uh, one day Saul is going to kill me. David felt these things in his heart. When he took his eyes off the Lord, David said those words, one day Saul is going to kill me. God let David go to that. Why? Because God took the king on the throne, the living uh, King Saul, uh, and he used that, uh, that living King Saul to crush, to ruin, and destroy the Saul that was living in the soul of David. It is not It is not pleasant. It is not fun when God uses people, things, and circumstances to crush the soul in your soul. I don't know what David experienced, experienced, but I know what God used, who God used, the circumstances that God used to crush the soul in my soul. I can bear witness to this process and why God uses it, why God does this. Because of the pride. Pride faces destruction or ruin. And a haughty spirit, Saul had a haughty spirit and a haughty spirit before Paul. So, the, uh, King Saul threw a, uh, a spear at David, hoping, wanting, desiring to pin him to the wall. David was a superb and skillful warrior. David knew how to use a sling. We saw this uh, when he faced the Goliath. Of Gath. He's a skillful warrior. Now, what if David had pulled that spear out? Uh, Saul wanted to use to spin, uh, pin him to the wall. What if David had thrown it back? You're not going to get away with that. You're not going to do that to me. I'm going to to toss it back at you. David left the presence of the king. David was married to one of King Saul's daughters. 
And the king said, I want David to come see me. And so David wouldn't come. So Saul, Saul said, go and have me and watch his house. You know, and I want David assassinated. I want you to get rid of him. You see, God used this evil man uh, to, uh, and, and the, the negativism that he had created in his kingdom, God uses that to place David in exile. See, sometimes when God want us to, wants to move us out from a situation and we insist on staying, uh, God knows just the right circumstances to bring about to get us to leave. That is to put us in exile for his own good. Well, it's uncomfortable. I'm not going to be comfortable anymore. Even though my life was a mess, my life was in ruin, but I know these circumstances. I know this situation. The gossip. No, that time is up. I have something else for you. And now you need to move out. Didn't God do this with Jacob? After what had happened in his home? And uh, Jacob had to go stay in the home of Uncle Laban? Didn't God do that with Joseph? After the revelations, after the coat, uh, uh, his brothers wanted to engineer his ruin. And eventually, instead of murdering him, they deceived the father and they, 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 they got Joseph, tossed him in a well, and they sold him, what, for silver to traitors on their way to Egypt. They had fulfilled the will of God. And God didn't discuss anything with them. David became king. A new dynasty was set in place. He was king over all of Israel. David said, is there anyone left of the house of Jonathan, Saul, to whom I may show the kindness of God? God has established the king. God has set him up. God has, has blessed him. And so... Uh, because David didn't throw back spears at his enemies. Now notice his enemies. These people, this man was David's enemy, but David wasn't his enemy. But he was David's enemy. And look at the heart that God created in David's life. Now ordinarily... If you if you were of the uh, of a new Oriental dynasty, you would destroy every family in the preceding dynasty. You would get rid of them because you want no threats. There was one man uh, who went after David when he was in exile. Uh, he was what he was. Uh, he believed that the house of Saul should be still be in power. He hated King David. But God had established David. David was God's king, God's ruler. And so 
David was told that there is this man named Mephibosheth. And uh, now, understand, this man was living in another man's house. He had nothing. David sent for him. Imagine, this man had hid out, uh, hoping that David would never discover his whereabouts. But yeah, the Holy Spirit is. Mephibosheth was poor. He was dejected. He was living in another's house. And here, the king's guards come and knock at the door of this other man's house, asking for you by name. So the king knew his identity and who he was. So the king sent for him. And when the king, when he goes before the king, the king says, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth had lived so long in exile. He was so dejected. He was in such ruin that he referred to himself as a dead dog. He was in Lodabar. That is, no pasture. No food. And God, through David, God blessed him. God lifted him up. And Mephibosheth. I know what that means. The king went searching for me as he, the king searched for Mephibosheth. I'm Mephibosheth. The king brought him in. And remember, Mephibosheth was lame in both feet when his nursemaid heard that uh, the king, Saul, and Jonathan were dead. She, she got him and tried to run away and do an accident. He became lame in both feet. I'm lame in both feet. The King David did not look at his circumstances, but he said he showed Mephibosheth kindness on behalf of another. Beloved, Jonathan. I am Mephibosheth. I have received great blessings of the king. King said, you're going to eat at my table. The king said to me, the king said to us, you're going to eat at my table. You're going to be blessed with my food. You're going to be in my presence. You and I are now in the presence of the king of kings. You and I are also, we're now dating. God has brought you through. He has brought me through. And now, we're to extend grace. We're to show grace. And we're to show the kindness of uh, uh, what God has done to us on behalf of another, that is Jesus, who died for our sins. Mephibosheth rightly thought that the king was going to kill him. But the king blessed him with the sit at his table and gave him lambs. And uh, he said his servants uh, will eat, his family will eat the food from those lambs. He's just super blessed. This is a super grace life. This is the enduring power of grace. There's so much. There's so much. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be added to you. Well, I'm going to hold on to this and that, but but the, when you open your hand, what? Cast your bread, your bread upon the water, and after many days it will be found. He who shows who he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. This is this is the law of the kingdom. Show grace. Demonstrate grace. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Prideful, selfish, self-centered people. They're a small package. Their story is meaningless because it has no value to others. They don't love. It is only about them. They build monuments to himself, and they die in their little marble tombs. But the tomb was open, not to let Jesus out, but to reveal what God had done for us through the living Christ. Open your and show grace to your, your enemies. Show them the kindness of God. And watch God do wonderful things for you. Good morning, and God bless you.